With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Freaky Friday, February 9th, 2024, Level Up Podcast, Fans First Sports Network, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Andy P, Big G, back in the building. Ladies and gentlemen, college football never stops. We never sleep. We don't take days off. It's just been so much going on with, with my boy Andy P, with me. But we are back in the building, able to do a live show on Fans First Sports Network. Before I get to any topic, make sure you like, subscribe, and share. Tell all your friends. Come one, come all. If you want to talk college sports, this is the spot, especially football. Andy P, what's crack-a-lacking with you, bro? What's going on with you? Man, it's been absolutely, I was telling you before the show, it's been an absolutely crazy January. Feels like that month just flew by in a blink. It's already Super Bowl weekend, which means that we're already like halfway through February. Next thing yeah. you know, it's going to be March Madness, and March is going to be over, man. This year is going by fast. Man, ain't no ifs, ands, buts about Man, the, sp- the tickets for the spring game for Ohio State go on sale like tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> like, like tomorrow, do you can get tickets to the spring game? I mean, what? Where are we at? But, but Andy, it has been... These last few weeks since we was on live, it has been a roller coaster ride, bro. College football has changed forever. <laughs> like this is it's going to be totally different. So that's why we're we're not only just going to bring you audio shows, we're going to bring you live video shows, man, because we got so much stuff. We were just talking backstage and we got a whole we got enough to talk about for the show next week <laughs> already just on what we were just talking about. It is bananas of what's going on in college football, man. So we got to narrow it down. We got to stay on track. We got to pay bills. We got to give commercial commercials and, and link with our partners and, you know, all whatever else to make sure that we do what we do on the Fans First Sports Network side. So we got to stay focused. But, Andy, it's going to be a banger, bro. It's going to be a banger on the show today, bro. It's going to be a banger. So there's just let's so, go with the so first, much that happened. Ahead, and it's it's 
Yeah. No, no, I was gonna say it's it's been so much that's that's that happened. We're gonna be talking mm-hmm. about the coaching carousel. We're gonna be to- talking about NIL transfer portal. We got schedules left and right that had to get updated and changed because of new conference mates coming in and out and all these things. It does Man. feel like it does feel like this is gonna be the new normal though, where you know every year in January we're going to find something else new about the sport because there's going to be a new team coming into a conference because some big coach is going to be moving on. It just really feels like this whole, like knowing what's going to happen months ahead of time in college sports completely done. Yeah. It's a wrap. It's like we always say on the shows, it's cooked. (laughs) It's it's cooked. (laughs) It's over. Never again. Will you know stuff will change on a dime. So it's like, okay, here we go. All right. So let's hit, get to our topics to make sure we stay on track. First topic of the day, man, the coaching changes of 2024. The landscape of college football has changed forever because we had some guys push it and say, I'm out of here, bro. And we had some other guys say, hey, I'm in it to win it. And you had head coaches that quit to become assistants. This this is bananas. So, Andy, I'm going to start off with just you. Just tell me an overview about what you think about the landscape of college football coaching moving forward for 2024. I mean, the crazy part is that as we say this, we can't say it's officially the carousel is officially done yet. We can only say it's slowing down because as of now, Boston college has yet to announce their head coach widely believed to be Bill O'Brien, which means that Mm -hmm. now Ohio state's going to be looking for a new offensive coordinator, which means that Ohio state could very easily poach somebody from somewhere else. Breaking news. Just It just happened just a little while ago. Chip Kelly is officially the new offensive coordinator for The Ohio State <laughs> University. It's already done. It's a done deal. It's breaking news. It just happened like less than a 20 minutes ago. I was saving it for a surprise on the show because I knew Andy didn't know. Chip Kelly has been hired as the offensive coordinator for The Ohio State University. Keep in mind, he's the head coach from UCLA. <laughs> so he stopped being the head coach to go to Ohio State as the OC. So, Andy, I shook you. I knew I was going to get you. But oh, but man. keep it pushing, bro. What you got? No, no, because because you know what this means is that this means – and this is, again, something that I still have to get used to. It means Ohio State just took a fellow Big Ten school's head coach to become their offensive coordinator. That is a Fact. ridiculous sentence to say even before realignment. Like that would never – that would never happen. But, like, obviously that is how – unlevel the playing field is even inside of these mega conferences now, which is going to fundamentally for the way that these different, like, again, I still think it's wild that Syracuse was able to hire, you know, relatively unproven Fran Brown as an assistant. And then he goes and poaches Elijah Robinson, one of the hottest DCs out there to come to Syracuse to be the, when he was the interim head coach at Texas A&M, like this is right. the money that's being thrown around nowadays is really all that matters. And like, we, we will get into NIL in a bit, but like, it's, yeah. it's true on the coaching front too. Like what Ohio state can pay an offensive coordinator, what Penn state went out and had to pay their offensive coordinators is more yeah. than most schools are willing to pay their head coaches. And so it just makes yeah. more sense. that like, look, if you're chip Kelly and you're the OC at Ohio state, that means Ryan Day is taking all the shots. Ryan Day is the one going out and having to answer the hard questions. All you got to yep. do is worry about the offense. All you have to do is really refine and work on that coaching element that these guys do love about the game. They don't have to deal yep. with all the other things that go around with this. So I understand why it's becoming more of an option. 
but man, yeah, like you just you just kind of threw me for a loop there, Big G, because that is that is this is the point. Like this is going to keep rolling on for the next couple of weeks because now UCLA has to go through their search. It's going to impact some other schools. Are they yep. going to go after an ACC or a Big Twelve coach? Are they going to go after an uh, an assistant of some kind? We yeah. don't know. We'll have to wait and see how it all breaks down. But man, this is the dominoes. I thought that the dominoes would stop falling like once Nick Saban retired, like once that whole kind of implosion happened and we figured out yeah, what the move yeah. was there. I figured that was going to be the end of it. And yet Bill O'Brien is out here taking jobs with Boston College and it's throwing everything off. <laughs> Andy, man, listen, it, it's so wild because I mean you hit like a key point, but I, you know, I'm I'm gonna dig deep on it. The issue is the pressure that now comes with these college football programs to have to sustain the ability to win and not piss off your boosters and all these other folks that you have tied to you financially is so much pressure. It's unbelievable. You cannot be in a situation to where you're winning seven games, seven games, which which in the past, if you weren't one of the superpowers, seven and eight games, you were safe. Seven and eight games now, you might get canned. So, like, UCLA, and I, that's why I get why Chip, Chip Kelly jumped ship. He can't go. He can't be out of UCLA, enter the Big Ten, and be the middle of the pack. He can't do it. So, okay, if I can't beat him, I join him. You know, so that that's the new landscape of college football. Guys are going to – and like you said, even more so, the money. I mean, I don't know how much Chip Kelly was making at UCLA, but I'm quite sure at Ohio State he got at least $2 million. I'm quite sure he got at least at least two million dollars. So now you don't have all the pressure and all whatever else. Yeah, you got to relocate with your family from California to Ohio, which sucks, especially now in this time of the year. But now you just run the offense. And oh, guess what? If I get a national championship or two, and it doesn't matter if I'm in Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Texas, if I get a one or two national, now I'm the hottest thing smoking. So if I want to go to the NFL, if I want to get another big time coaching job. You know, and we're seeing it, and Tim pointed it out. We're even seeing the transition from the NFL to the collegiate level. The freaking uh, Livingston from the Bengals went to the Colorado Buffaloes. Bro, this is nuts, man. We've never seen nothing like this, Andy. Never, man, never. And it's crazy because this thing that we're just talking about right now, this whole thing was kicked off because Jeff Halfley, who was the former Boston College head coach, left to go be the defensive coordinator at the Green Bay Packers and literally yep. cited the fact that, look, college football head coaching is not head coaching anymore. It's it's running yeah. an NIL collective. It's keeping boosters happy. It's dealing with the media week in and week out. It's being the face of a program more so than being a coach. And yeah. he was just like at a school like BC, like where if I don't win six games, like people start getting upset. It's really hard to win six games at BC. I'd rather go be an NFL DC where I can just coach. And yep. it's it's one of these situations where I think you're going to see and this was across the board. I think we can talk about this a little bit like Kalen DeBoer going to Alabama was a little bit off of my bingo card because yeah, he's, facts. he's a younger offensive minded guy. But he's also mm-hmm. just like he's been so new to this game. But you're seeing mm-hmm. more and more of these schools say, like, look, we need a guy that's young, that's hungry, that has energy, that doesn't mm-hmm. know what college football used to be. Because these old coaches are pissed off that the co- that the landscape has changed so much and that they yeah. can't go and do things that they used to do. You got to get these younger guys that don't know any better, that don't know another landscape in order yeah. to keep moving on that treadmill that is the competitiveness of what's going to be an insane Big Ten, an insane SEC with all these new schools coming in where yeah. 
like, and I think I big G you kind of hit on this, like you're chip Kelly, you were coming into a UCLA program that was going mm-hmm. to have to play Penn state, Ohio state, Oregon, Washington, USC, all in the same season. You are not winning six games routinely. If you are UCLA in that situation, yeah. instead you get to go to Ohio state, you get to let uh, Ryan day take all of the heat. You get to cook up an offense and the reality is that Ohio State will still have those expectations of only, you know, of needing to win 10, 11, 12 games year in and year out against that yeah. gauntlet. And mm-hmm. if you're on the other side of that, man, like it is going to be like, I don't think people understand this. Like Washington losing to Boer, they're cooked like that. It was yeah. great that they made it to the title game. They're going to be this year's TCU. They're, they're going to be lucky if they go 500. Um, yep. USC. Think that they also might be in a tough situation here, losing Caleb Williams going to this Big Ten. It's it's just every conference is such a meat grinder now. There's no there's no more off weeks. There's no more of this like oh I have a conference game I can take some time off. And you're seeing yeah. that coaches are just saying like nah I want to get into situations where I can only coach. And that's really only available at the NFL level or the or being an assistant at one of these big universities. Yeah yeah well, I mean Andy for years bro. Think about it. Like we saw, you know, because our love and passion for college football has been around forever. But literally, we have saw over the last maybe 15 years, we saw Nick Saban take a program and just stockpile NFL talent. I mean, his second and third and fourth teams were NFL starters. Now, because of the change in the, in the guard and the landscape of college football, you can't do that anymore. And like you said, them old coaches hit the bricks. Right. Even like this, like Afton asked in the the comments, she said, am I surprised that Mike Vrabel didn't work for you, OSU? Afton, breaking news. Guess where Mike Vrabel just went today? The University of Wisconsin. Mike Vrabel is an assistant for the University of Wisconsin. It's It's a done deal. So so these guys are stockpiling not just talent, these new Mecca schools. They're stockpiling talent on the field. They're stockpiling talent off the field. And, and, like, it's going to be nuts to see because if you don't have, like, a tier one coaching staff anymore, dude, you're cooked. If you, you don't stand a chance to win at college football. Like, you're going to have to have four or five stars on the field and four or five star coaches. <laughs> Either way, if you don't got it, you're out of here. And, like, we're going to see teams fall off the mountain, like, quick. Like, Alabama, there's no way in the world Alabama's going to win 10 games this year. There's no way they ain't got the staff, you know, it's, it's one of these crazy things where like, to the point you're talking about Syracuse, like my little Syracuse hired the New York giants passing game coordinator to be their off, to be the offensive coordinator at Syracuse. Like if Syracuse is pulling NFL guys back down to the college rankings, what can an Ohio state, a Wisconsin, a Penn state, uh, you know, a Texas, we, we haven't even gotten into all the different moves that have been going on down there. And I think that this is, I think this is going to be one of the most fascinating college football seasons we've seen in a while, because like, let, let's talk about Nick Saban for a second here. That man, like you said, built a death star down in Tuscaloosa, where it was a situation where the next man up is another NFL caliber player. Total and when, when you have year after year of that, like you saw the level of dominance that Nick Saban had at Alabama that will never happen again as long as mm-hmm. NIL and the amount of money that's in college football today continues to stay in college football. This is never mm-hmm. happening again. Right. But what that means 
is that we've now seen a lot of the talent both on and off the field spread around to yeah. it's still a small number of schools, but I'm looking at next year and I'm looking at Texas Sark proved that he's got the goods behind the headset as an offensive play caller and that he can recruit game changing defensive guys. What yes. do they do in a savingless sec Georgia mm. under Kirby smart was probably the best team that didn't make was definitely the best team that didn't make the playoff probably better than some of the teams that lost in the first round of the playoff games. If we're being honest with themselves, mm-hmm. how do they respond after they landed yet another star studded recruiting class and have somehow managed to keep a hold on most of their best players year in and year out. Um, that's just the, that's just the sec, let alone getting into the big 10 where Penn state is clearly in a make or break year, Ohio state clearly in a make or break year. Oregon mm-hmm. looks like they want to be the like they are building themselves up into being the West Coast power of the yeah. Big Ten, which is yeah, that's been worked in the works for a while. Like this mm-hmm. again, the playoff going to twelve is great, not just because it expands the playoff, but because I think that last year we saw that there were six teams that we thought had a legitimate chance at winning the title game. I right, think that yeah. this year we're going to be talking about another six to eight teams that can legitimately compete for the national title. And we haven't even talked about some of the schools in the big 12 or the ACC that had down years last year that we expect Mm -hmm. to rebound and put themselves in contention for that automatic conference bid in the playoffs this upcoming season. Man, it's man. It's just, like I said, this, this coaching thing has been, and like I said, we're, we're going to pivot and switch subjects, but we didn't even get a chance to talk about Sharon Moore. Sharon Moore is yeah. hired as the University of Michigan head coach. That was the offensive coordinator that was kicking Ohio State in the, in the teeth during the Ohio State-Michigan game. So they go in-house because they're trying to set the culture. But listen, it's bananas. It's Listen, and, and, and Andy, you're right. We haven't seen the end of it. We ain't seen the end of it yet. I think some stuff's even going to happen late spring, which is unheard of because you got to have your roster and everything set going into summer to get ready for the season. No, nah, it ain't over. It ain't over. It, you're going to have a, no, a whole nother portal window and all that crap open up. Coach is going to be like, this is too much. I'm up out of there, bro. That's that's what's going to happen. All right, Andy, we're going to pivot, right? But before we pivot, let's take our quick commercial break to start one. If you guys are watching us on YouTube, give us like 10 seconds. If you're, if you're listening to us on audio, we're going to pay some bills. Quick word from our partners, and we'll be right back from the Level Up Podcast with Andy P and Big G on Fans First Sports Network. And after a quick commercial break, we are back. Fans First Sports Network, Andy P. Big G. Hey, man, Andy. Like I said, we had a banger. It's Freaky Friday. We're going to get it in. This NIL has been unreal. I Listen, the, I don't care what the NC2A says anymore from this date. These kids are not student athletes. They are paid employees. And I got, I got some something I'm going to tell you here in a minute that's going to blow your mind and something I found out about today concerning this whole NIL. Before I even get started, Andy, your first thoughts about the new way of college football players being professional athletes. Yeah, I mean, look, there's also some stuff that's cooking right now, like the national uh, – this is like real deep inside college football stuff. 
Um, but if you are somebody who is following NIL and player compensation, there's a court case going on right now with the National Labor Board, which is essentially trying to fight back against the exemptions that college players are not allowed to unionize because they're not athletes. Again, this is this happens once about every five years. I don't know if everybody here listening remembers, but like Northwestern got really, really close to proving this case probably seven, eight years ago. And but. it's come back. It's come back up again. People seem like the, the, the way that you know that something big might happen is that people who are law experts in this are like, we have no idea. And when they have yeah. no idea, that means it's up to whoever the judge is to make the interpretation. Again, we'll see what happens here, but it's something to keep an eye on because I think what we saw this cycle is that if you take a look at the, the you know, the football, if, the team rankings for the transfer portal and you look mm-hmm. at the teams and the schools that are like at the top of these rankings, mm-hmm. there's definitely some schools that you would be surprised to see yeah. near the top, like a, like a Syracuse or an Indiana. But the reason that those schools were able to get so uh, be so highly in the, tra- in the transfer rankings is because of their NIL collectives, because right. they were making conceited, they were making concerted efforts to very quickly organize everything under one umbrella, have a single point of contact. If a player comes for an official visit, part of that official visit is meeting uh, with a representative from the NIL collective and understanding what opportunities exist, understanding what the paycheck would look like. Should they commit to this university? It's a, it's an entirely different recruiting strategy than we've ever Mm -hmm. seen before. And so if you are, Let's take a look at uh, like let's take a look at Kyle McCord. A little bit of a weird situation because he was going from Ohio State, which obviously has an NIL structure set up in place. But yeah, sort of, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was in a position where, as he was looking at his schools, as he's going around, you know, he was at he I think he visited Nebraska, Miami. I think he also mm-hmm. had another West Coast visit out there. Went to Syracuse. Like he ended up committing to Syracuse. Everybody's stunned by this. Part of this is that the head coach has the New Jersey connections, was able to reach out to his high school coaches, was able to make that point of contact with the family because of the Mm -hmm. New Jersey side. That's Mm -hmm. the traditional recruiting. The new recruiting was him coming into Syracuse and having an NIL representative there saying this as the face of the program, as the quarterback of Syracuse University, these Mm -hmm. are all of the financial opportunities that will be open to you when you sign this paper. And as soon as he signed that dotted line, those deals magically materialized in front of him because of NIL. And like, if you are, it's such a weird thing, but like same thing happens with Will Howard as he's going from Kansas state and now suddenly an interested commodity uh, with these big schools. It's, it's just such a, again, we we kind of talked about in the last segment. If you're a coach, you've never really recruited like this before, right? but it's the same thing that happens with like professional athletes in free agency. It's the same thing that happens with, any one of us, if we're looking to make a transition from one job to another, of course, yeah. the culture matters. Of course, who, you know, who you're familiar with matters. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, there is a paycheck and that paycheck has a much larger impact on your decision than any one other factor. Oh, absolutely. And listen, just so you know, quick reference, quick fact points. Will Howard got paid one point two five million dollars the day he signed his his letter of intent to play for Ohio State. The next day, the foundation, the 1870 Foundation for Ohio State paid him $1.25 million the very next day. So he was an instantaneous millionaire right off the bat, right? And so his opportunities are even higher because he's at a high-profile school playing quarterback. So I think his NIL is probably going to reach 
probably two million. And if he balls out of control, he can get what he wants. You know, if you're talking about getting a tree on Buckeye Grove, it's going to put you in a position where you're going to have an NIL lifetime deal. Somebody's going to look out for you. And the reason I know this to be true, ask Cardale Jones. Cardale Jones is now the head of the 1870 Foundation for The Ohio State University that's working with Lex Westerner's kids, that's working with the Schottenstein family, that's bringing all this money together to get these kids under contract. And it's not just at Ohio State. Like you said, the landscape, all Georgia, Alabama, all the top dogs, Oregon, Texas, these teams are signing these guys to third. Now, nobody's gotten like a first-round contract deal. But when you start looking at the tiers, as far as the NFL is concerned, they're getting second and third round contracts. They're getting like the payout for a second, third or fourth round draft pick is equivalent to an NIL deal from a big time school. So why would I go pro when the pressure is going to be on me to go pro where I can just sit there and develop? Now, I'm going to have to deliver. Now, don't get me wrong, because if they hand you a bag, they want the goods. But I'm going to stay because I get a chance to do what I do. You know, and and it's it's listen, the, this and I hate to be like a homer about this, but the Ohio State University, my lights is messing up, y'all. So excuse me if I'm flickering, right? <laughs> Ohio State. I'm gonna list the guys that came back that were supposed to win pro. JTT, guaranteed first round pick. Tyleek Williams on the board of being a first round pick. Denzel Burke, first round pick. Jack Sawyer, maybe second or third. Donovan Jackson, second or third. Travion Henderson, second-round pick. Emeka Buka, late first, early second-round pick. Cody Simon, fourth or fifth-round pick. They all came back. Why would a guy who's all the way from the parameter, first of all, just being an NFL pick, come back and play at Ohio State unless somebody's handing them a bag? And, like, we're the first team out the gate to do something like this. But moving forward, you're going to see this happen over and over and over and over again. Teams are going to be senior-lidden because the guys are getting two, three, four, five million dollars to play college football. And do you agree? I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Like it really does. It's really mirroring what we see in college basketball nowadays, which is where a guy who has a lottery pick grade or a fringe lottery grade, you yeah. can basically guarantee that they're not coming back to school. But anybody who's in that day two in that second round conversation they are in play to come back to school um, because they need that extra year of development because maybe that, you know, the, the, the likelihood of getting drafted, you know, especially in the NBA with the two round system goes down yeah. pretty significantly. Football is yeah. a little bit different, but also it's kind of not like there's such a wide pool of football players that you're picking from. The draft is only so many rounds. The yeah. idea that you can then say like, look, I could go and maybe get, a day two or a day three deal. I don't know because so much of it's going to depend on the combine. So much of it's going to depend on things outside of my control, teams, evaluations of me, certain scheme fits, all these different things. You you don't have a whole lot of control in that situation. Or I can come back. I can work on my game with facilities that in the case of a lot of these teams are better than what you're going to get at the next level. You're go- like we just fast. talked about. Yeah. You've got NFL quality coaches now as your position group, as your holistic scheme group coach, Mm -hmm. who are going to be working with you day after day and can talk about that NFL experience, who know what NFL guys want to look at. Like the, it's, I'm never going to say that the, that the NCAA college football product is going to be better than the NFL in terms of like how good the athletes are. Mm 
Facts. But what I will say is that the gap right now between the best college football teams, the way that they play, the facilities that they have, the coaching staffs that they have versus an NFL counterpart, that gap has never been closer than it has been today. And it's only going to keep shrinking as long as schools are incentivized to gather as much money as, as quickly as they can. And again, we're talking about nonprofit institutions, which means that they have to run an even balance sheet. So at the end of the year, Man, we have four million left around that we don't know what to do with. We're going to build a brand new weight facility, something in order yeah. to make this and make sure the make the make money look the way it needs to. And yeah. and for me, I think that if I again, I was never in this position, I can't speak to it. But if I was ever in the position of saying like, do I enter the situation where I don't have a lot of control and I don't have a good feeling that I am guaranteed that, like you said, that day two, that day three deal, yeah. I'll go back to college. I'll get paid anyways. I still get that. I still get the money. And if I have the catastrophic injury, like I get my degree, I get paid, I get everything I need by going back to college for a year. Like I think that this, and it's only going to make the college football product itself even better by having more and more experienced players in the team roster and makeup. Like what we just saw with Michigan. Like when you have a roster of 21, 22 year olds, you yeah. are able to do things that younger rosters are just simply not able to do. Yeah, 43 super seniors. 43 super seniors was on their roster, i.e. you get a national championship. So, And they all got paid. They all mm-hmm. – listen, every last one of them got paid. They got paid. So – and now, Andy, last point about this, right? We've got the like the powerhouses, the Texas, the the Ohio States, the, the, the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Oregons. They sort of figured this out. But what happens when a school like Texas A&M is resource rich already or an Ole Miss or an LSU or a Florida State or even a Clemson figures it out? Oh, my God. I mean, is, is there any room left at the bottom? I mean, because we're paying guys already. So, like, do, do you get – will we have a day and time where schools have to collaborate to become one school because there's no, there's no room left at the bottom? I mean, because that's that's what's coming, you know? I mean, at the end of the day, I think what makes it really interesting is that this is still a sport where the primary income is TV revenue, which is split by conference, which, again, we're gonna, we'll probably dig into this in a later show. Con- yeah. the conferences are going to be fundamentally shifting over the next few years. But right now, mm-hmm. the way it works is that these schools are getting tens of millions of dollars every year for just being part of the conference because of the TV revenue. Then you add in the alumni, you add in the collectives that are based on the alumni. And I think what's going to end up happening is that we're going to see more of what we got now. You're going to see better quality coaches willing to take college jobs as opposed to NFL jobs. And you're going to start seeing players get paid more and more to the, not to the level that, you know, a Marvin Harrison jr. Is going to stay an extra year instead of being a top three draft pick. But you're going to see more and more guys that might be a day that might be a second round or a third round pick stay instead of going to the next level because again it's all about getting to that second nfl contract that first rookie Mm -hmm. contract if you're a first round draft pick fully guaranteed that's that's the whole that's the holy grail as a a rookie player that second contract when you hit free agency that's the big money um so if you're a college player staying a year delays that payday but if you can get more if like if we get to a point where a clemson like i'm taking a look right now at the football transfer rankings uh according to 24 7 Number one school was Ole Miss. 
If Ole yeah. Miss can convince a, a second round or a third round NFL player to stay because they can pay more than that contract would offer, yeah, probably going to stay and maybe try to get a first round grade out of it instead. Like there's mm-hmm. opportunities here, I think, to make the to make these teams stronger. At the end of the day, the only people who are going, the only thing that'll happen is that we're going to see the players get richer and we're going to see the coaches get richer. And I think that right. that is, I don't, I don't hate it, especially knowing like what some of these coaches have gone through in order to get to this mm-hmm. position. Um, yeah. But I really like, again, like the athletes getting paid, this is nowhere near the biggest problem that college football has right now. Man, totally agreed. All right, Andy, we're going to segue, man. And I got to hold up my biggest sign I got. <laughs> Adios, muchachos, my friend. The transfer portal. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, like I said, it's just so, like this This recording of this show is so much information. Like we, we can't even do it justice by getting it in under an hour. We, there's no way because it's so big. Not only has NIL changed everything. Not only the landscaping of coaches has changed everything. The transfer portal is off the freaking chain. Like, it is unbelievable. Like, you have teams that are going to be superpowers. Like, like I, I told a guy this earlier. Today I was talking with a guy. I said, man, there might be two or three college football teams next year that could beat an NFL team. Like, straight up, if they played head up one-on-one, they smash them. And the dude was looking at me like, no, no. I said, I'm bro, I'm telling you. There's about two or three college football teams next year that their roster is so stacked based on the transfer portal, it's unreal. So, Andy, the portal, who won, who lost, what you thinking? Dude, it's, it's nuts. It's nuts. Tell me what you got, I'm not going to – yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, I didn't expect Ole Miss to actually follow through. Like Lane Kiffin this past year, I thought, again, it, it's, it's tough to say because when you're in the SEC – you've got Kirby and you got Saban right at the top yep. there. It's really tough to be that third school because ultimately you're the third school because you couldn't beat Kirby or Saban. And that was, nice. and that was Lane Kiffin. And like, look, I'm on record on this show saying, I think Lane Kiffin's overrated when it comes to his schematic elements in today's day and age. However, Hey, hey, hey Andy, Andy, just be honest with him. Tell him you called, you said Lane Kiffin was trash, man. You said I might've, I might've called. Go ahead, I'm with you. I got your back. Lane Kiffin, you look out, bro. You mess with my boy, Andy P. You go out to come see me. You're trash. Look, we calling it what it is. Look, I got rid of, I got rid of my Twitter. So he can't stick the burner accounts on me, which is a thing that he's done in the past. So look, I am yeah, not, yeah. I am not here trying to get Lane Kiffin. You can't find me Lane, but <laughs> I got to give him credit. He's got the number one transfer portal ranking. He's going to have a team that is super talented and super skilled again next year. The key yeah. is going to be trying to figure out how to how to kind of put that together. Um, one of the things that you know Afton's asking in the chat that I also thought was interesting: Alabama and the window is still open here. Players have thirty days after Saban's retirement to enter the portal um, right. because of the coaching change. So we still might see some more players go. It does look as if Alabama lost a lot of really good players. Like right now, I'm taking a look at the 24-7 individual player rankings. Um, Caleb Downs, you know, five-star safety, went Andy. to Ohio State. <laughs> okay, keep going. Keep going because I'm going to hold – as you lead the list, lead, reading off the list, I'm going to be holding the sign. Keep going. Caleb Downs. I was going to say we're looking at – we're looking at Julian Sayan, five-star quarterback, went from Alabama to Ohio State. 
Uh, <laughs> and keep going. There's um, another one on there too. There's another one. Oh my gosh! Of course there is. Well, Will Howard, we already we already talked about how he fi- uh, you know five star uh, went there. I always I've got the top fifty up here. Uh, that was the big ones. That was those are the two big ones that I had right here. There were five states. Oh, but you also got Quashon Jen- uh, J- Judkins from Ole Miss. Um, yeah. Oh man, you guys pulled a lot this portal. Sorry, I'm going to let you talk about Ohio how Ohio State crushed it. <laughs> Hey, um, we, I think, we we got Alabama. We had Alabama for Seth McLaughlin. They're starting center. We hit them for them too. We got him too. Yes, we got him. There's, we got him. I, and I think that this is the. I think this is going to be the interesting thing. Like to, what you said about Kalen DeBoer at Alabama. They just lost too many starters. They still put together a really impressive recruiting class. I think DeBoer is a really good coach. But DeBoer mm-hmm. won at Washington with a very veteran offense especially with a very veteran quarterback that was used to playing his style of offense. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think Bama's going to need to take a reset year. I think DeBoer's the right guy for that. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think that one of the more interesting things about this portal, Oregon, man, you know, they lose Bo Nix, they lose a couple of guys, but man, Oregon decided to load up with a whole bunch of guys. They get Dante Moore out of UCLA. They get Evan Stewart out of Texas A&M. Um, they Daily got Gabriel, Gabriel, the quarterback out of Oklahoma went out there. So they got two quarterbacks. Right. So the, and now you're in a position where you're assuming that they're going to start Gabriel and then let Dante, you know, take a seat back. But, but they're going to have a real quarterback competition between two really high caliber guys. They added a defensive lineman, which they very much needed in Jimmy Cod- Codwell. Uh, Jabbar yeah. Muhammad is a shutdown corner who went from Washington uh, to Oregon, which is, you know, that is a that is a huge move and a huge poach for them. So yeah. I think that, you know, Alabama, definitely a loser in the portal for obvious reasons. Uh, Oregon and Ole Miss are probably my two biggest winners of the portal, uh, a- along with, and I'm going to let you talk about them, uh, a certain team in Ohio that uh, had some question marks going into this offseason that now all of a sudden looks like they might have the best roster in the Big Ten. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I'm not going to be braggadocious. I'm just going to speak it like it is. The Ohio State University has the best roster in college football as of today. I don't, I don't care. Anybody can, can jump on with me, talk that yak, talk about your team. There's nobody that has a roster like the Ohio State University, including the University of Texas, who, who you know, I got a rival that talks that yak about the University of Texas. No, nah, it just ain't there. It is unbelievable what a team like Ohio State has done. Now, Afton, Bama lost 26 total players. The, op- the portal window is still open for another, like, five days, and it's closed, so guys can still book it. So they lost big-time guys to all kind of different kind of schools. And one of those teams that benefited outside of the Ohio State University was the University of Texas. They got them. Another team that benefited is Florida State University. They, they got them. So they went in and just swooped. So if a coach dips – it's open season. The only place where they've been able to hold on to people, retain people, as I've seen so far, is Michigan. Michigan might lose Chris Jenkins. And listen, this is going to be bananas, what I'm telling you guys, but it could go down. And I wish my boy B-Dirt was in the, was in the chat. Chris Jenkins talking about coming to Ohio State. <laughs> to play defensive tackle for Ohio State from Michigan to Ohio State. How, how nutso is that? Because these kids realize, if I'm able to hold up that trophy and win the natty, oh, I'm set for life. I'm set for life. So, so the portal, 
who won, who lost, who won to me is the athletes and the kids. Who lost was these traditional programs like the Bamas, like the Georgias, that were just like the Tennessees, like the Floridas, that were just stockpile draft picks. It ain't like that no more. You don't play me the way you're supposed to, I'm out of here. I'm hitting the bricks. We saw it already, and we thought it was an anomaly with Deion Sanders, and it wasn't. Mm -hmm. This is the new normal. Prime was just ahead of the game. So the transfer portal, Andy, you know, who won, who lost, I agree with the teams you called out. But, bro, the kids won because they should be getting paid for what they do. They are employees. And the little quick story I was going to tell you about Dartmouth University. Dartmouth University's board has declared that their players are employees. Do you know what that means? <laughs> do, ladies and gentlemen, do you know? Now, they're going to fight it. They're going to fight it. Mm -hmm. But that means that if these kids are employees, now, like how we didn't know about NIL, like how, Andy, you referenced when, when Northwestern was fighting it, there was no such thing of NIL back then. Northwestern is the one that started this whole name, image, and likeness. Dartmouth kids being employees, oh, the landscape about to change for real. They ain't going to be athletes no more. They're, they're going to be employees that get paid astronomical amounts of money to perform a service to make my university shine. That's, that's where we're going. That's where we're going. For all the Buckeye fans that listen to this podcast, that's why we hired a new president. That's why we got a new AD. Both of those gentlemen, I heard them say it out of their own mouth. One of them, I was there when he said it. Football's king. It's going to turn the money for this university, so get used to it. So NIL, transfer portal stuff, man. Bro, Andy, your final thoughts about that stuff, man. I, I think you're 100% right. Like, this is this has been a long time coming, and I do think that while the transfer portal can't solve all of your problems, I still uh, – for example, I still think that building an offensive line is something that requires a level of, of balance of recruiting and co cohesiveness that you can't just buy in the portal every single year, that there's got to be a good level of coaching that goes along with it. Uh, I think the portal has really prevented a lot of schools, like you were saying, from stockpiling recruits and keeping players in a system with no intent to play that 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 student athlete soon to be employee anytime before mm -hmm. their senior year. Um, and mm -hmm. so just like uh, to your point, Colorado got 24 players in the transfer portal. Ooh. I'm going to list off. I'm going to list off the schools that got more players than Colorado through the transfer portal this year, meaning that uh -huh. they saw what Dion did and said, mm, I think we can do more of that. Texas A&M, Louisville, South mm. Carolina, mm. Arizona State, Indiana. Mm. That's just in, and those are, and those are the schools in the top twenty-five of the transfer portal rankings that got more transfer recruits than Colorado at this point. And again, we're like those are schools that you know. In the case of South Carolina, in the case of Louisville, we talk about them a little bit, but they're never big powers. In the case of Indiana and Arizona State, we think of them as bottom feeders. Transfer yeah. portal is your opportunity to very quickly turn things around uh, when you are a school that cannot recruit with the same level of a Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, whatnot. allows you to build out that foundation of a roster very quickly. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolute facts. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got our last commercial break. We got to pause and get a word from our partners. 
Me and Andy will be back with our last topic on Fans First Sports Network Level Up College Football Podcast live on YouTube, but in audio on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. We'll see you like in 10. We'll be back. Pause for the cause. We have paid the bills. We have done what we needed to do with Fans First Sports Network. Our partners got paid. We got paid. It all was good. Andy P. Big G back on the Level Up podcast. Sitting here chopping it up about college football. Andy, man, it's, it's been a banger of a show. I just, I just want to say that right off the bat. I don't care what nobody else says. It has been an outstanding show. But we got one more talk topic. And this is going to lead us to our show next week. The 2024 schedule preview. Andy, last year, you know, the census of our show, like once we got rolling, was, okay, let's look at the top 25 schedule. Let's look at the games that's going to be in play. And me and you were like, eh, it, it, you know, this week, I don't know. But once we got, like, to, like, week three, it was like, dude, what games did we talk about? <laughs> because it's, it's ridiculous how hard it's going to be for us to pull three, four, five games. It's, it's just not going to happen, Right. For the 2024 season, There's- it starts out the gate. It starts out the gate, you know. So, Andy, 2024 schedule, bro. Let's go. I mean, it, it's absolutely wild how quickly this schedule really ramps up. Like even, you know, week zero is not usually a, a week where there's great games. Like last year, it was the Notre Dame uh Navy game or Army game, I forget which service academy it was over in Dublin. Yeah. That was that was always going to be watched. This year's Dublin game, real weird. We're going Florida State, Georgia Tech in week zero. Like oh. the reason I call this out is to say, like, Georgia Tech finished the year on a winning streak. They had yeah. one, they, they were top five in the ACC in recruiting. Like, yeah, we, they are finally realizing that they are in Atlanta, Georgia, one of the best recruiting hotbeds in the entire country. And they can recruit there. Meanwhile, you've got Florida State, who is dealing with a whole lot of everything from last year. They're coming in, like you mentioned in the last segment, they're coming in with a very portal-heavy team. That's a team mm-hmm. that you like to start the season off slow with, build the momentum, a lot like what Florida State, uh, again, last year Florida State proved that, look, they punched LSU in the mouth early in the season in week one. Woo! They're going to yeah. need to have that energy again this week because Georgia Tech is going to come in with an opportunity to make a statement. And that's week zero. We're not even getting into the week one games where we've got LSU versus USC in Las Vegas. We've got Clemson versus Georgia in Atlanta. We've got Texas at Michigan uh, in the the early weeks of the non-conference schedule. Andy, Andy, breaking news for everybody to listen to us a Level Up College Football Podcast. Me, Ahmad Bell, Victorious, and B-Dirt, We'll be live at the Texas-Michigan game, and we're going to do a podcast. We're going to do a podcast at the Texas-Michigan game for the homies podcast. The level up. We don't know which show we're going to put it on, but we're going to be live and do a podcast at the Michigan-Texas game this year for the 2024 season. Just breaking news. I'll be there live. I'll be behind Man. enemy lines. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have behind enemy lines camouflage <laughs> gear on, all whatever else. But I'm live. I'm live at the game. I'll be in the stadium. Breaking news there. I absolutely love that because that game is going to be real interesting. Another early season challenge for Texas last year. 
that win against Alabama was the reason Texas made it to the playoff. Another opportunity for Texas to punch their playoff ticket early and and ensure that, you know, that they're going to have it. And like, again, there's, there's so many other games that are, you know, highlighted here between uh, the, the non-conference schedules, let alone the conference matchups that we're going to have this year that are guaranteed to be, real interesting uh once we you know once we start getting into conference football season and we're dealing with the loaded big 10 and the loaded sec slates man listen the schedule listen if you can't just get you know things revved up and be leveled up talking about what you expect from college football the schedule alone should have you on hype mode i mean we're in february not you know we're not just talking about nil and all the other stuff we've talked about on the podcast today we are in february and looking at this schedule and i'm like holy crap Ho- like could a team i mean like because the top 12 is going to be relevant like from week one but literally we might have a change in the number one seed or number two seed four times in the first five weeks like the number one team could flip just based on the schedule let alone when you get to the meat of the schedule and all whatever else. That's why for all you guys watching this on the Level Up Podcast, you see I've changed my background. That is the official thank you from the Woody Center where I appreciate the, the official schedule you sent me on the bulletin board. We got Akron, Western, Michigan, Marshall at Michigan State, at Oregon, Nebraska, at Penn State, Purdue, at Northwestern, Indiana. We got that old tune on the last one. And then we highlight the Big Ten Championship, first round of the playoffs, quarterfinals, semifinals, and national championship. I expect to be putting a lot of W's on that. So the schedule for me is personal, but when you look across the landscape of college football, Andy, you even got to be excited about Syracuse with a new quarterback and a winnable conference. I mean, come on, bro. It's 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 funny because I got to everybody is talking about Syracuse in the playoff and I'm like, "Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Look, we we, <laughs> we don't know that Fran Brown could actually coach yet. Okay, look, I think that he, I think he's great. I'm not. I'm just trying to pump the brakes here. That like, look, seven and eight and four would be a big step forward for Syracuse. We don't need to go to the playoff. Eight and four would be yeah. big. But even then, Syracuse had a situation. Uh, Army is jumping to Conference USA this year instead of. Or, yeah, Army is jumping to Conference USA. They're no longer independent. They're moving to Conference USA because of that eight teams on army schedule basically had an open date in the last minute. And Syracuse is one of those. So it was coming down to like, who the hell is Syracuse going to schedule? And they decided mm, we'll schedule UNLV on the road in October. Yeah. So the first yeah. weekend of October, Syracuse is going out to Vegas to play at Allegiant stadium and play UNLV. Um, I do not know if I'm going to be there yet. Uh, I would say that there is a str- – I would say that it is probable that Andy might be uh, finding himself at Syracuse UNLV this year. I'm just saying uh, Probable that is what, like 90%, like 90%, 95% that you'll be in Vegas? I think I think that the NFL injury report says that probable is 75% or higher, so I'll, I'll stick with that, you know? <laughs> My man. I'm telling you, you know, that's a high percentage, man. That's a high percentage. It's a high percentage. Uh, but this is the thing is like this this season, like I, I decided to pull up ESPN is uh, ranking, you know, the 12 of uh, the 12 games th- that are, you know, conference or out of conference that have the biggest playoff implications. Number like October 19th, Georgia is going to Austin to play Texas. Um, 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, and you know and you know what they're doing uh a month earlier? Like September 28th, Georgia is going to Tuscaloosa to play Alabama. Like man. if you're a Georgia fan, man, that schedule is already kicking your ass and it's not even the middle of October yet. Total facts. Total facts. And, and but this is the thing, Andy, and I listen, this is the last little segue part about the schedule, right? You know, I read the last part of this thing and I said Big Ten Championship. First round of playoff, quarterfinals, semifinals, national championship game. Teams are already playing 12, 13 games. Do you know some schools might have to win 17 games or play 17 games to get the chip? What's that sound like, Andy? That's the NFL, man. That's just the NFL. That's that's what I'm saying. That's why I I know that these, these schedules, some folks thought when we started getting these super conferences, you would see them go away from playing those little side of the road squads you're seeing that but the issue is the gauntlet you're going to have to keep some of those teams to warm up and keep you from getting injured so then that way you can get ready to run run the gauntlet because it's it's not going to be easy like like i i'm already predicting it concerning the schedule i haven't had pulled my g stradamus sign out on a lot of things lately but i'm pulling it out right now i guarantee you that there will not be an undefeated college football national champion next year. I guarantee it. As far as what the schedules looks like, nobody's going unscathed. So, like the NFL, your team can lose, you know, lose here, lose there, and still make it. And I think for some of those super conferences like the SEC, the Big Ten, you're going to be able to lose three games getting the playoffs. Three regular season games and still get in. You know, and Andy, your and thoughts me, about that with the schedule? No, and I mean, I think this is the one thing that I, as again, my perspective being outside of the SEC, ACC, or Ace, Big Ten, SEC, living in the ACC, this has been my biggest concern about the expanded playoff forever. Was that if you looked at the rankings this year, they were telegraphing that ACC, Big Twelve does not matter. Uh, they they were telegraphing that. This is going to become an AC, uh, a Big Ten SEC competition. This is going to be a situation where they are going to pick a three-loss Penn State over a one-loss Syracuse that doesn't win the conference. They are going to pick a three-loss Oregon or Texas or Oklahoma over a one- or a two-loss um, Houston or Utah or whoever from the Big 12 because yeah. there are – and again – you, you nailed it. There's going to be no undefeateds, and they're going to. It's going to start sounding a lot like college basketball. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. strength of schedule is going to become this all-powerful metric. Where when mm-hmm. you look at the top, Big Twelve or the the uh, Big Ten, SEC are going to have all of their teams take over the top twenty-five spots on strength of schedule, and yeah. then you're going to see the ACC. Then you're going to see the Big Twelve all below these schools and that'll be the justification every time because and then like you said i think that that doesn't mean that ohio state's not going to play akron i think that those games also something that's not talked about a lot those games are really important for the akrons for the smaller schools because that's yeah. their biggest payday of the year they need that right. game to subsidize the athletic department for the rest of the year we should not get rid of those games but you know, every school needs that. Syracuse can't go out and play a 12-game gauntlet to boost their strength of schedule in the off chance that they get into the playoff discussion. Like, it's yeah. just not going to work. They don't have the depth for that. So I, I do think that what we are going to see moving forward here 
And I don't think people are ready for this. I think it's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. But at the end of the day, it's not going to matter because people are going to want to see an Oregon face off against a Michigan as opposed to watching a Boise State that's undefeated play mm-hmm. a Michigan, especially now that these games are moving to home stadiums. Like mm-hmm. that's the part that about the playoff that I think is really exciting. Like the idea of a Southern team having to go up north to Michigan to Ohio State to play a game having to go all the way out to Estuken in, in Oregon and have to play a game out there. Like uh-huh. home field advantage is different in college football. Home field advantage in a playoff scenario is going to be electric, mm. but it also means that like, man, TV producers want that crowd shot. They want that full stadium. They want the stadium to be rocking for four quarters. They don't want these blowout games. Mm. And so you're going to, you're going to get the helmet schools are going to be chosen over everybody else for these playoff matchups. Total facts, bro. Hey, listen, before we get off the air, I got to answer Tim Lyons' question. Tim Lyons, Notre Dame ain't winning the national championship, bro. Notre Dame needs to get in a conference. Like, they, it, it's time. Listen, you know, that's that old piss or get off the pot. Notre Dame, it's time to piss or get off the pot. You better get in where you fit in quick because this thing's going to move faster than you've ever seen before. And you might get left out, bro. You might get left out. You might have to be undefeated or one loss to get in because they ain't respecting you like that. And it's about the revenue. So Notre Dame needs to pivot. If I was them, i take a hard look. Do I join the Big Ten? Do I join the SEC? What, you know, where do I go? But I don't fool with nobody else. <laughs> I don't fool with nobody else because you're going to need a conference to get in. You're going to need it. And it's, and for no, I think actually this is a great Tim. I'm glad this is the one time I'm going to say this. Glad you brought up Notre Dame. Never going to say that again. But <laughs> what I will say is, what I will say about Notre Dame is that their their challenge is that their alignment right now is with the ACC, mm-hmm. and they have those mandatory ACC games that they have to play. And I'm not going to lie, man, that's not that's not where you want to be. I, if you can find a way to get out of that ACC agreement and get yourself into maybe again, if you if independence is so important, I don't think the Big Ten is too full of itself to say we'll give you five guaranteed games every year. You fill out the rest. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that I think that if we see Notre Dame take the plunge, I think they probably start off like that again. But I do think I do not think it's a surprise that NBC got some of the Big Ten games. Uh, when NBC already has the Notre Dame contract, I do think that there might be something afoot. I don't, I don't have any insider information. Just as somebody who works in media, somebody who knows how these TV deals work, knows how TV yeah. executives like to talk to each other. Yeah. I, I just think it's really obvious that if Notre Dame is going to make a move, it's going to be with the Big Ten in some way, shape, or form. Tim, you know, I, I mean, uh, Tim should know how it goes for me and you, Andy. Like, there's a bunch of stuff that me and you know that we can't tell. We, there's stuff we know that we can't say publicly. We yes. just can't say it. But when we start laying down breadcrumbs, you know, I, Andy, I got to get you aside too. I, I don't know. <laughs> I was, I'm, it's going to be G Stradamus and A Stradamus. I got to get you because, dude, we know when it comes to college football, like, we, we have conversations off air. You know, people don't know, but we know what we know. Like, I ain't shoot my horn. I can say it now. I knew Monday Chip Kelly was going to be the OC at Ohio State. I mean, I knew it was already done. I knew. I just couldn't say anything, right? I knew Bill O'Brien was going last week. I knew he was leaving on Wednesday. 
because of the situation with his son and the deal that they offered him. They're trying to work out the details, and the details, you'll hear about it later on, is Bill O'Brien being able to hire his own staff because he wants to stockpile talent because he just doesn't want to go there to show it to be the head coach. He wants to win. So he wants to bring his guys in, and he wanted to make sure they get paid good money. So that's mm -hmm. where the details is getting worked out. It's just, like I said, I, now that the moves have been made, I can say it publicly. But I knew about it last week, or, you know, I knew. So, like I said, you, when, when me and Andy start laying out breadcrumbs, you might want to start paying attention because we know, we really know what's going on. All right, so, Andy, we're to the end of the show. Great podcast, Level Up. Anything you got to say to the people and our partners and our listeners before we get up out of here, bro? Listen, it's going to be college football doesn't sleep. We got, you know, Syracuse announced its spring schedule. Ohio State selling its spring game or its spring game tickets. Like, we're going to have more college football to talk about over the coming weeks. So stay tuned here. Make sure you're subscribed to FFSN on YouTube so that way you can watch us live. Make sure that if you're listening on the podcast platforms, you're subscribed to get us because we're going to be coming back. We're going to be doing some shows here. You know, Big G and I love college football. We like this offseason stuff like this is big for us, too. Like we love this stuff. This, we're not doing this because we have to do it. We're doing it because we want to talk about this stuff. That is total facts, bro. Total facts. Hey, listen, make sure, like Andy said, you check us out on Fans First Sports Network. Please listen to me and Andy on all the other platforms. We're on a bunch of other different shows. Matter of fact, in about an hour and some change, I got to go over to the Homies Podcast and get on with those guys, you know, for this weekend. So you know how it goes. But Fans First Sports Network is the platform we're trying to grow. We want to get to the point to where we can bring you content two, three, four, five times, you know, as much as we can, as much as you can take. But like you said, we live for this. So we're leveling up. And as we level up, we expect you guys to level up. So once again, thank you for listening to the Level Up College Football Podcast. Big G, Andy P, in the building, rocking out. We'll check you guys next week. See ya.